Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our job. Joey Clark. Uh, hello and welcome to the program. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out the Facebook page. It's really not that difficult. You just type in the Joey Clark Radio Hour and you hit like. Oh, I mean, no, there are no guarantees with Facebook algorithms. Or you, you can just listen. Or not, if you hate me. And my uh, guest tonight, Seth Spotlight. How you doing tonight, man? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm great. And I finally uh, got out of my hermit hole. Slowly but surely, I went over and saw you do a set with the whole comedy gang over there, GT South, and I loved your set. Did you really? Yeah, because you told me before you went on that you tell stories, and some I like. Um, I'm a big fan of Burt Kreischer and all, especially his true stories. That guy was crazy. But I love that you just took from your own life, you kind of told the story, and you interwove some jokes in there. Um, uh, you gotta have a punchline, you know. But yeah. I mean, I. I'm, I'm just kind of crazy, and people like my uh, the things that I do, and I just throw a punchline in there and a callback, and people call it a joke, and they laugh. So, Well, you have to be a little bit crazy to <laughs> try comedy. I mean, what made you... How old are you? Uh, I'm 34. 34. Yeah. So, and you've... How long have you been trying to do comedy or doing comedy? Uh, about four years. Okay, so what makes you at 30 say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to put myself... Sometimes up in front of maybe a crowd of people. Sometimes, as you've told me, it's like nobody there. Yeah, that was the first year. A bunch of nobody, you know. And um, what made me start doing it? Oh, uh, a woman. Uh, I, yeah, my well, it ex, always starts there. Yeah, yeah. I left her and um, I had... Uh, I started sitting at the bar and drinking and a buddy of mine come and he started sitting with me and we'd sit there and have a peanut gallery and start picking on people. Yeah. Are we not picking on... Well, yeah, picking on them. Yeah, yeah. You sit there, you people watch, you make comments. Yeah, you, I've done it, everybody. Yeah, you sit there and we would just be ourselves and make jokes about people and people would come sit next to us and the game was see if they would not run off because most of the time our conversations were terrible right. and they would leave, you know? Yeah. It's like, who are these degenerates? Yeah, who are these guys? Why am I sitting next to this man? Yeah. So, um... Out of that comes like, okay, I want to do this. Out of that, not just at the bar. Yeah, it was. He was like, hey man, uh, let's go do this, you know. And he did it, and it took me about a month, and then I started doing it with him, and um, and I loved it. Even though the first year it was basically an empty bar and just telling jokes, and I was bad at it, and I still am kind of bad, but I I enjoyed it. Hey, practice makes perfect, so I'm better than I was. But <laughs> when you are a single dad, right? yes, yes. How old your daughter? One and a half. One and a half. Wow. That scares the crap out of me, man. It's it's, it's not even my daughter that scares the crap out of me. <laughs> it's awesome. It, I mean, it's amazing. People say whatever they say, but once you get her and you have her, and uh, it's it's just like instinct, you know? You know what to do. I, yeah. mean, I knew what to do. I quit drinking. Yeah. There you go. That's a very smart choice. So, yeah. So now I don't drink anymore, but I still go out and hang out with all my little drinking buddies, and it's cool when I take care of my kid. I, I wake up without a hangover. Well, so that's, that's how you know they're real buddies. 
because you're still hanging out with them even though you're not drinking. Yeah. yeah. I've had those friends where it was only the drinking, and then that stops, and you don't really talk to each other anymore. Yeah. And it's like, all right, I guess our relationship was built off of this drug, this alcohol here. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's it's just sad. You're like, oh, I'm a little disappointed. But I heard a good test, all these, because uh, time did their person of the year. And again, when you, it's called person of the year, don't name it a, a com, the computer the person of the year. It's, it's not even a person. Don't name, like, they named the Arab Spring protesters one year the person of the year. No, that's a throng. That's a group of people. It's a simple, simple grammar. But uh, they named the uh, silence breakers, which is fine. That's a great cause. It's changed the culture in the last few months, I would think. Yes, very much so for the good. And I heard, uh, I was, uh, I hate plugging him, but it's not like they're going to hear it. But I really like when it's a good guest, Rogan's, Joe Rogan's podcast. He had Stanhope on. They got talking about with all these uh, accusations coming out, all the silence being broken, that a good test is the mother-daughter test. Like, when you're talking to somebody, think about, that's your mom, that's your daughter, or your sister, maybe. And you go, ooh, if you're seeing somebody being treated, and if that was your mom, daughter, or sister, would you put up with it? It's a pretty good test. No. Mm. I, I look at that, though, and go, yeah, certain people are very different, <laughs> Like, I've met a lot of women in my life that are nothing like my mom. Thank the gods. Thank God. Um, because, yeah, and it's it's enjoyable, but I'd imagine having a kid, in particular a daughter, kind of changes your perspective, though. I'm not really there yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not there yet, and I don't want to be there until the time comes. I'm at the point of where... Um, Let's see. I got her yesterday afternoon, and I'm what I'm doing right now is trying to teach her how. I'm trying to potty train her. Okay. So uh, it's potty, and you know, I, I'm doing the the poo poo and the potty song, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm singing it all the time, but it worked yesterday. I got her, and she walked inside, and she, uh, she oh potty potty, and she did it. Woohoo! High five, and I'm like <laughs> yes. And the what popped into my mind was oh, what do I do about wiping? You know. Yeah. So. What do I do? Oh, yeah, poo-poo in the potty, woo high five. And I was like, all right, now let's go take a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I take a lot. Dad makes me take a lot of baths. It's like she's going to grow up, and it's like, why do you take three showers a day? You're not out there working in the fields. Like, what's your deal? Yeah, Actually, I knew a guy that I, um, I went on a trip with. He brushed his teeth like four or five times a day, which you should brush your teeth. But, I mean, you could just use Listerine, man. Like, if you're worried about bad breath. Like, tic-tac? Tic-tac? Altoid? I mean, it just, it's, it's, it is bizarre to me. The more people you meet, you're like, man, people are so weird. Oh, God, I'm probably <laughs> incredibly weird to people. And I hope my weirdness is endearing, is kind of my point of view. Yeah, I've, uh, apparently mine is because people keep telling me that I'm funny. Yeah. And I mean. You're funny. I've, hey, I'm just me, and people laugh at me, and I'm, I'm cool with it. You, you're not laughing at me if I'm laughing too, or laughing with me. Well, and I think a joke always, most jokes need to be at somebody or something's expense, and it could be yourself, you know, oh. self-deprecating humor. Is, I mean, that's my wheelhouse. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, after the set, uh, 
Saturday, the guy, the guy after me was like, hey, man, I, I thought about something funny. You mind? I was like, dude, go for it. Try to hurt my feelings. The worse it hurts, the better you did, and I'm going <laughs> to laugh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Carl. Jesus? He looks like Jesus. Uh, Kurt. Oh, Kurt. <laughs> I was close. I was, it was in the K category. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, he just popped out. Uh, Jesus, how much time do I have left? And he popped his head out. About a minute. About a minute. Yeah, I liked it, man. I, I like the, the whole comedy thing y'all had going. I'm definitely coming back. That's awesome, man. I can't wait to see you get up there. You, wait, I'm going to get up yeah. there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, one step at a time. Oh, no. <laughs> See, it's, I get to hide in the studio. Like, you're getting the vibe now. Yeah. You've got one you know, light, one fluorescent. It's, what are those bulbs called? Fluorescent? Yeah. I don't know. And it's, it's kind of dim lit. All the lights are off. I don't like a lot of light. I kind of like, that's why I like the vibe of the club you're at. Yeah. Oh, man, the, the place is great. And, yeah. Uh, just, it's basically this, but with like 10 people in front of you. I could do that. Yeah. I just don't know what I would talk about. I have a feeling I would get up there and just rant and rave. Uh, well, you, that could be entertaining. Depends on what I'm ranting and raving. Just about. have to have a punchline. Okay. Just find something funny and then work backwards. Okay. Okay. Find something funny and work backwards. We're trying to... It's always dangerous when you talk about comedy and irony. Like, it's... Nobody wants to read a 2,000-word like dissertation on why things are funny. Like the uh, CNN did that documentary series a few months ago, or so, I think last year, and they were getting into like, okay, what is the origins of blue comedy? It's like, well, Lenny Bruce, I mean, what Red Fox, uh, Carlin, uh, with this this words he was doing. I think he did that bit on radio, which is amazing to me. It's before the FCC really had any guidelines. And Carlin gave them the guidelines. <laughs> the seven words you can't say on television became the seven words. It's like, stop giving them ideas. Ah! I mean, I want to use the full language right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, and everybody knows it. I mean, there are songs and there's that. and uh, See, I, I, I never really listened to many other comics. You know, okay. I just, uh, just did do my yeah. I do my own thing. What I think's funny, people tend to laugh at. And uh, the who I I have been trying to listen to a little bit of Red Skelton, you know. Yeah. And that's I mean that's old. Oh yeah. And he reminds me of my grandpa. Yes. <laughs> and some of that doesn't translate. Like some of the that comedy doesn't translate. Some of it does. Some of, I like the sort of the the slapstick element to some of that old comedy. And some of it's you know daily observations. That's fine, but. Like, what doesn't translate sometimes is the the rhythm of speech. Like, the way people talked back then, it was more... <laughs> it's weird how all that changes. And, like, I was watching some old Lenny Bruce and going, this was... Number one, this was edgy. Number... I don't know. I didn't find it always funny. Like, there are a few moments that still translate to today, and that's what's shown on documentaries. But it's difficult going back and... You know, I was thinking about, like, Bill Cosby. He is done. Like, his legacy has been completely tarnished. But I had this thought of, okay, Socrates. He was put to death. He drank the hemlock for corrupting the youth of Athens and questioning the gods. And you think the man's put to death. He does drink hemlock. The assembly has made their decision. You think, okay, that guy's legacy's ruined. 
And yet we're here 2,000 years later talking about Socrates. Is that how Cosby's going to be? Probably. I mean, maybe. Well, I'm wondering. You know? Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Same thing. Um, maybe a, his funny will overpower his stupid. We'll see. But I, I look back and go, is that life really going to translate in you know, 20, 30 years? Is that legacy going to translate? Because it's it's still icky. Like, you go back, you watch the Cosby show, and I watched it as a kid, and it was like on Nick at Nine or something like that. It was always on Nickelodeon. And I go back now and go, oh, no. My childhood has been ruined. <laughs> like, don't tell me something about Barney or the guy reading Rainbow. I hope not. Oh. LeVar Burton. Yeah. I hope he he has done nothing oh, in my mind. Me too. I mean, he can read me books all day. It's like, I, I know that, you know, you're supposed to kill your heroes if you meet them or whatever, your idols. Uh, but, yeah, I just can't take it. I, I, my, my ego, my mentality <laughs> about the world is very fragile. Uh, I don't want to know the truth. I'm okay with just thinking that they're this nice person. I'm okay with thinking the guy from Reading Rainbow looks like the, the blind guy from the next generation. It's not the same guy, though? Is it? We gotta look. No. Down. Okay. Oh. Reading Rainbow. And, and if if that's not the case, then I am incredibly racist. I suppose. Oh, they, oh, no. they, they both look the same. Okay. Let me see. Reading Rainbow. Like, yeah. Who's who's the main actor? There, there he is. Yeah, Lavar Burton. I'm pretty sure I'm right. No way. That would be so awesome. Lavar Burton is definitely the guy. He's definitely wasn't in, in the Next Generation. He had to be. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Next oh, it was him. Okay, yeah. way to go. You are the LaForge. man. Yeah. I just thought he looked like him. Oh, and then he was uh, Kunta Kinte in Roots. <laughs> oh, okay. That scene. That's oh, a jump. Oh, my goodness. And, oh. Well, I'm going to introduce the record of the day. And I blame my roommate, Andrew. Because he, without fail, will show up. Get control of the TV, go to YouTube, and he puts this on. And it's taken over, like... But, like, these, the effects on this video... That, yeah. That's something else right there. High quality. Right uh -huh. Cool in the gang, 1981. be like the lead singer famous i want to be like one of the background dancers i could see how this could get stuck in your head i mean yeah stepping out yeah oh yeah Come on, now this isn't in like what you listen to though you're telling me all fair no no not really no, i'm more of a your thing i'm a rock and roll guy but i like that that's good oh, i mean that's good. got a good beat to it it's a little disco it's yeah. tight it's I mean, if, if that was playing in the background when I stepped out of my car, I'd have a little jig, you know, yeah. walk through a water puddle and be like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm stepping I, out. I had a few <laughs> embarrassing moments walking on the college campus with the earbuds in. Like, something like that would come on, and then it's like, that guy's walking way too happy. <laughs> Is that a, was that a skip? You can't skip. Did he just click his heels? 
He uh, just tried to spin. <laughs> he just tried to spin. <laughs> he tried to spin and hit a pole. Yeah, right into the pole. Uh, well, I mean, what if, what do you listen to? Because I'm trying to call together different people's opinions on music to enrich my own. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rock and roll guy. I'm stuck yeah. in the um, mid-90s. Um, Alice in Chains, Nine Inch Nails, Tool, uh, stuff like that. I, I've here lately been listening to a lot of um, heavier stuff. My kid likes it. Uh, <laughs> she rides around with me. She and likes I, the heavy stuff. Yeah, she likes Slipknot. I don't get it. But <laughs> we ride around, and I, I put in some... Um, some some like industrial some tool or something you know and it's cool she screams with it and then i put on slipknot and she <laughs> just goes crazy and head banging and just ah, da, 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 da. and she holds her juice up it's open dad dad and she's head banging is great <laughs> i love that because i would be i think self-conscious with the kids like can i play this hardcore stuff it's like can i I get so, this is my issue, and probably why I'm, I'm hesitant to do stand-up. It's like, I, I let other people in the room dictate. I turn into that little kid like, oh, is this allowed? <laughs> is it going to be okay? Maybe my parents were too heavy-handed or something, I don't know. But it's like, I don't have that, that, that confidence to just be me. And I can tell that you, you do. You're just yourself. I have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all of this. You know, I, uh, I, I've been weird for a long time. You know, gotten past the, the picked on, and I just know this is who I'm going to be. And, Wait, you were picked on in school? Oh, man, of course. What kind of stuff? Uh, to, uh, I'll share first, if you like. Oh, go for it. I, starting in middle school, I was at camp. Always begins at camp. <laughs> and this is after, like, the weird, smelly summer camps. It's like, is this number one sanitary? That counselor's a little creepy. Um, no, I, I've got the bow and arrow down. You don't have to hug me like that to show me. All right? It's like that scene in Happy Good all in the hips. There's nothing to the hips when it comes to sh archery. Damn it. What are you doing? Anyway, I'm at camp. This has to be sixth grade, something like that. And I'm just tying my shoes. There's another dude changing in the room. And, like, these other guys who were, I guess, the cool kids, I don't know, walked in. And they're like, oh, Joey, you were looking at a zipper. <laughs> and so it, it, the refrain became Joey's gay. Which, I'm a little kid, and I'm like, no, I'm not. Which now, if somebody asks me, are you gay? I go, no, not really, except for Idris Elba. <laughs> except for that guy, that tasty piece of chocolate. No, but it's... It was like constantly this refrain of of them accusing me as wimpy and all the stereotypes that go with that. And it wasn't that scarring. It was just like, really? Come on. Leave me alone. I, I guess they got to pick on somebody and it was just us. Yeah. If it makes you feel any better, I was the, um, and what was it, seventh, eighth grade, I guess? I was the water boy for the football team. Oh, no. Yeah. And, um, that was so much fun. I don't have that many memories of it. <laughs> oh, wow. Did you go to a big school? See, I went uh, to this cloistered Catholic school. I lived in Millbrook. Okay. So, um, 
Hey, and some of the people picking on me are probably listening. Oh, sure. So, yeah. hey. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's going on? I mean, you have a microphone now. I know. You couldn't tell embarrassing stories about them. Who's laughing now? <laughs> vengeance. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for vengeance, and that will make me feel better about myself. <laughs> You're in my next joke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and you have to be careful about that. I imagine with uh, relationships... You have to be careful about that when you're in entertainment. Um, I worry about it with this job in the sense of I do have some power and I don't want to abuse it. Discretion is the word. And I don't like if you hear me tell stories, I don't use people's names if that might incriminate them. Uh, but then also, I'd imagine like I've got a dump button. But somebody, anybody can call these phone lines, 272-9228, and be like, oh, Joey, you are such an a-hole. You did this to me. I'm like, I was an awkward kid. I was miserable and depressed, and yeah, I'm, I'm using my moods as an excuse. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Luckily, that's never happened, because I don't really have a trail that much. Again, I'm a hermit. But have you ever run into that or with, like... Yeah, actually, I have. Uh, in high school... Uh this girl I kind of hated or hated I kind of dated this girl kind of <laughs> not really like I dated her but she didn't really know it you know oh, wow what <laughs> no, a it wasn't that bad I mean I thought we did but I mean I was just a little kid and I was nerdy and I was nervous and she was pretty and I would just basically do whatever she told me to do you know and I, I guess I was kind of annoying or something but like here I don't know was it three or four months ago mm -hmm. I've through Facebook, she said something to me, of course, because she saw my baby, you know? Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, go tell some jokes on stage with a baby, and people from the woodwork will start talking to you. So, um, she said something to me, and I, first thing I said, sorry for being weird back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't say no, but she didn't say yes, so the conversation continued, and I was like, alright, I guess that's your, you've forgiven me for being a weird little kid. Yeah. So. Oh, and I think everybody can look back on their past. I mean, some people, I guess, had it all together all along. <laughs> I guess no. I haven't met that person yet. Like, it, even the so-called cool kids had their insecurities, and that's probably why they acted, like, cool. It's like, here, I gotta do this thing. Though I had the mom who was, like, if she knew I was at a party or up to, you know, some fun or no good, depending on your perspective, she was the type who would call every single parent and say, your kid was at this party and, like, curse people out. And, like, she was intense, man. So I just decided to spare my friends that wrath. And I'd, I'd occasionally sneak out, but I did not go out and about because I knew she... I, there was one time where I got caught. She's like, I'm going to call all their parents. Like, no, please, punish me. Punish me. <laughs> Don't punish them. It's not their fault. When I lived, I used to, uh, I went to Lee for a year, and I lived over there on South Panama, and let's see, 10th grade, and I, I, I got brave, and I snuck out, mm -hmm. and I went a couple miles away and hung out with some friends and did a little drinking and passed out, woke up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I had to walk back home, so I went back home real quick, about half a mile away, and 
I uh, lifted up the window, you know, and I got one leg in, I got an arm in, and then my mom flipped the light on, and she said I was like deer in headlights. She was, I was just terrified. His mom caught me drinking, you know? Yeah. And she was like, oh, you know, and she got on to me, you know, and I got in trouble. But it was that deer in headlights, that timing of when she flipped that light on, mm -hmm. when I had one leg in and one leg out, and I was terrified and kind of still drunk. And wish you'd been wearing a diaper still. Oh, my yeah. man. And she... She still tells people that story. <laughs> it's a little bit um, better than what I just said. Okay. But, well, from her perspective, it's like, sometimes parents take too much pleasure in doing this stuff. Oh, she loves it. And she still tells everybody, and I mean, I love her to death. Back then, she was different than ha how it is now. Now she's like, okay, you're a weirdo. I'm okay yeah, with you're it. You're grown. Yeah, you're in your 30s. Like, you're good. Yeah, back then, she was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> now, is she already telling you stuff like, I told you so, now that you have your own kid? Um, she's... She's just giving me pointers. Yeah. She's giving me tips because she's a daycare teacher. And oh, wow. Yeah, so the poo-poo and the potty thing, I got that from her. Nice. And um, some other folks I know that have kids, they listened. Um, or I told them what I was doing, and the dude was like, man, you really sing that song? And I was like, yep. I get on my knees, and I'm like, poo-poo in the potty. <laughs> high five with a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably like, what am I doing? Uh, but, but it's, it's working. Just, it's easy. It works. She, I mean, she's going in there because I am sick and tired of buying diapers and doing all this smelly stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it though, but I'm I'm almost done with it, man. Yeah, I'm. I think I was trained because uh, guys, I think, are easier. Boys are easier uh, with. Fruit Loops. My mom did Cheerios. Yeah. It's like, there's your target, young man. Makes, me think, makes me think of a whole Carlin bit. It's about it. War is really just guys waving their thing at people. Like, it's the, the need to project that into everybody else's lives. And so it begins early on. It's like, there's your target, young man. Hit it. Aim it. <laughs> and it worked. I mean, it was a lot of fun. That's what she said. She said it was easy. I just threw some Cheerios in the toilet and told you to aim for them. No, we have somebody in this building. We haven't figured out who. Sometimes they're just having way too much fun in the bathroom. It's like <laughs> where they went. It's one thing when you wake up in the morning, like early at 3 or 4 in the morning. It's dark and you miss. But it's another thing when you're in a public restroom and you're bored and you're like doing around the ball <laughs> and you miss like come on it's a public restroom it's not your own restroom you can clean up your own restroom you can do what you want in your own bathroom yeah and, and ooh here mm. oh that's terrible yeah so Greg is described as somebody like you know the settings on like a hose nozzle like on the the misting <laughs> it's like how did that happen my goodness. <laughs> but again, we don't know who it is. And um, we got to hit a break. Cool. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. My guest this evening is Seth Spotlight. We're just hanging out, having fun. Yeah, fantastic, man. Thank you. Yeah, this is, uh, this is great. My roommate, man, it's got me stuck in my head. Joey Clark.
Joey Clark. Oh, welcome back. Now, for South Park fans out there, you know why I'm With a little love and some illness. My guest tonight is Seth Spilo. Um, before I go into why I'm playing this song, it was such hysterical commentary by those guys at South Park. Um, Seth, you said you've got a show coming up uh, tomorrow night, right? Yeah, I'm not on it, but there is a show tomorrow night. Okay. It's um, Bubs Harris and um, what is and somebody else. Uh, somebody, I can't remember. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Bubs Harris and some other guy from Pensacola. Cool. They're real good. I mean, um, they opened for... Uh, Bubs opened for Stanhope a while back with Fifi. Yeah. And uh, I love Stanhope, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, I met him in, or I'm not Stanhope. I met uh, old Bubs and uh, when we were doing the Alley Show down there, and that was that was real good. He was a nice guy. And uh, yeah, they're gonna be at uh, GT South tomorrow night. Cool. At um, I think it starts at eight thirty. There's no cover. Nice. Uh, five to nine happy hour, dollar off drinks. Nice. Uh, I believe. Uh, if you get a shot, it's really cheap. <laughs> See, I stay away from that because uh, with my class reunion, I took one and I blacked out. Oh, I, I, That scares me. I'll sell it to y'all, but I'm not drinking any. You right. don't want me to do that. I'm, I'm already stupid enough as is. Now, you, with all the... Everybody, I think, who's paying somewhat attention to the news is aware. Again, Time Magazine did personal years, the silence breakers, which... I don't know, Taylor Swift made an example of that DJ grabbed her butt in a picture. Number one, he did it on a red carpet photo op. Just went for a, a grab. Wow. What? It, to Taylor Swift. <laughs> and at first I'm like, yeah, did he actually do it? And then I saw the photo and go, yeah, that guy did that crap. Wow, why? And so she made an example of him, like, sued him. She, he counter, He sued her because she spoke out about it. And saying, oh, I didn't do that, and you're ruining my career as a DJ. Yeah, because our careers in radio are so good. <laughs> and, uh, and so she countersued for only a dollar just to prove him wrong. And, uh, oh, they proved him wrong and made an example of this guy. Man, I'm, I'm glad all this is happening because, I mean, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. Right. But it's terrible for the, all these old dudes that have been doing it for 40 years and... and like, they shouldn't have done it in the first place, but they got away with it for all that time, and oh, now yeah. they're just, that whole pile of poo that they built is, mm -hmm. like, rolling over on top of them. Yeah. And, they're, I mean, uh, the, uh, what the next question is, like, who's next? Right. Oh, yeah, and that's <laughs> exactly, uh, you know, what I was meaning by, like, your heroes are now all perverts and, like, a sexual assault it's terrible it's today's are nowadays is crazy it's like me walking around with my kid you know mm -hmm. i mean yeah she's my daughter love her to death but she's a girl and i'm a grown man and one out of ten people look at me weird it's like come on man that's, and see that's what's messed up is like i get the people should be on high alert and what my reason bring up taylor swift is like she didn't seem that silent about what happened she just came on right out with it and really made an example of this guy in the public arena. Like, I was thinking the silence records were like these folks who don't have any star power or any fame, and they finally spoke out. Like, I mean, the two comedians that came out about Louie, it's like, okay, I had not heard of them before, and that took guts, I'd imagine, in oh, the comedy world. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I want to hear their perspective, but with all this going on, it's, of course, making people 
in uh, office settings, workplace settings, like think twice. Though something like 36, I don't know, I'm just throwing out numbers, but it's 30-something percent of marriages start in the office. People meet at work, which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you spend a lot of time there. Right, you you spend a lot of time there. Um, People work together, they get to know each other, so it makes sense. But I think folks are, are very nervous about even that. Like, I'm not talking boss with a lower-level employee. I'm talking people that are at the same level in the handbook. It's just fine, and they're even worried about any feelings they might have. And so South Park took this on. And if you've been watching the last few seasons, they have a new principle, PC principle. And PC principle lays out what I just did with all these allegations coming out. Uh, we've decided to bring in somebody new. What do you mean, PC? Politically correct oh, principle. okay, okay. Have you not seen this? Oh, uh, no. He's like a a fraternity bro. He's like, I'm pretty principal. And he's like, real, like, you just said something derog- about, derogatory about women, bro. It's not cool, man. It's not cool. <sighs> they had a whole episode where they're at the PC politically correct frat house where, and because I've seen this, these guys are essentially acting politically correct and uber feminist whatever in order to hook up with women. <laughs> and he's like going down the hallways, did you, uh, did you get your uh, consent form signed? Did you get your consent form signed? All right, man, all right. Yeah, I'm so woke. Like, I mean, it's so it's so terrible how oppressed women are in this society. And you know a lot of the guys doing that are just trying to hook up. And so they, they kind of skewered some of that out there. Um, and so he's the principal. He's like very politically correct. And he said, but all this stuff coming out, we need a new person here to help out with the you know, sexual dynamics at the school. And so I'd like to welcome in Vice President Strong Woman. <laughs> and, you know, and he keeps interrupting her like, yeah, what she says is right. She's like, do you think I can't speak for myself? And there's this one moment where he, after she gives a long speech on what's uh, correct in the workplace and at school, and it shows him, like, dreamy, dreamily looking at her, and this starts. <laughs> and he's like, he can't take it anymore. He's, like, falling in love with her, and he's like, I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> it's like, those guys are genius. Because people are people. You can have rules, you can have standards, and people will try to live up to them, too. Like, in good faith, it's not for any cynical, underhanded motive. And yet, things happen where you do become attracted to somebody. And it can often make you feel like crap. I was telling you a story off air that I don't really want to share on air, but it's like, okay, people I knew, a relationship failed, and it ended up being a really crappy situation at home. Mm-hmm. And part of it, I look back and go, well, it wasn't meant to be, but it was a terrible few months. And you go, okay, uh, that's how it works out. Like, all this worry and woe about, oh, I'm supposed to be, at, you know, just turning 29 or you're supposed to be married by the time you're 30. I think there's more pressure on women than, than like, me. But also, you do, it goes back to me being bullied. It's like... Uh, the rumors, it's... He's 29? Yeah. Wait, he's he's a bachelor? Yeah. Has he ever really had a long-lasting relationship? No. Like, is he is he gay? 
Oh, no, not really, except for Idris Elba. What's yeah. wrong with him? What's wrong with him? Is he like an axe murderer? Or like, and I mean, the really the only fact is, is no really good looking and intelligent woman has made the effort to marry me. It's not up to me. Exactly. It. I mean, all that's up to you is, um, hi, how are you doing? And the rest is in her hands. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, exactly. I, well, I just stopped trying. Oh, that's the best thing to do. I've stopped trying. Because otherwise, you walk into that hallway called Creeper. Yes. <laughs> and that's another one that stuck with me. I think I deserved it in some respects. But it came from a place of being awkward and not knowing what to say. And it's like, do you want to hear about the existentialist philosophy I've been reading? I, I know I can't talk about that. Like, I've went on some of these <laughs> dating sites, and the first thing they tell you is don't talk about politics, don't talk about religion, don't talk about philosophy. I'm like, well, I'm screwed. Not in the way I want, either. Like, I'm done. <laughs> You're stuck, aren't you? <laughs> and, like, and I just, and I'm not the, uh, like, there's a study with uh, Tinder saying, and again, it's like, you really needed a study for this. Physically good-looking guys and fit men, you know, with the you know, symmetrical face and the jawline and the, you know, traditionally leading male type guys do better on Tinder than, say, guys that rely on their wits. Duh, because that's all it's based upon. All right. It's just a photo. Yeah. That's, that's how you get um, herpes via the internet. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's, you got to be careful. Plus, in a city this town, there's not that many people on Tinder. It's like a glorified... I didn't realize Tinder in this town would be a glorified Turing test. It's... Oh, like, man. so many bots. Like, I had one bot, and I knew it was a bot because of how quick the response was. It was immediately like, well... But I played along. I'm like, let's see how clever and sophisticated this bot is. Like, um... Yeah, well, you're funny. You want to uh, meet tonight? I'm like, sure. Where? Let's meet at like a, a neutral public place. Let's like meet at a restaurant or something. She's like, no, 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 no. Come meet me at my place. Like, oh, that's a red flag right there. I'm like, no, let's meet at a restaurant. No, meet at my place at this address. <laughs> and I look up the address, and it's like off the beaten path, out in Pike Road, like right next an empty lot next to some warehouse. In the boondocks. Like, what? And obviously, that creeped me the hell out. I'm like, what is this? But I, I'm trying to rack my brain about what would have happened if I had gone out, if some idiot had gone, oh, a girl wants me to meet her. Let's go to this address. What happens to Joey? I'm not a, You see me. I'm not a big guy. I'm somewhat dainty in some ways. And I, I don't know. Would it have turned into, like, Red State? Have you seen that movie? Oh, yes. Oh, man. Uh, Kevin Smith movie, right? Yeah. Oh, man. That was great. Right. Oh, fantastic yeah, movie. Great movie. I watched one of his new ones. Um, what is it? Holiday? Yeah. Holiday. I haven't seen that yet. It's a bunch of short ones about each holiday. Okay. Real juicy. Yeah. I love Real juicy and creepy. Talk about a guy who can't be on FCC Airways. <laughs> I love Kevin Smith. I love watching his Fat Man on Batman. <laughs> like, breakdowns of movies and things coming out. But... Uh, yeah, I I was worried that, okay, if I went to that address, somebody's going to kidnap me and do some weird stuff to me. Probably. Like, you have to be so careful in this world. It's, it's terrible. I mean, you, uh, it's hard to talk to anybody that's not a buddy of yours via the internet because yeah. it's fake. You know, yeah. it's lies. It's, it's all lies. It's all lies. I mean, okay, for you example, okay, um, on Facebook, your picture. 
mm-hmm. looks nothing like you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I take off the glasses, put the hair down. But yeah, my resting face looks very different than the photo I have. Uh, I mean, the 90% of the photos on there, the people look nothing like them. See, em. but the reason I do that is I like to disappoint people from the get-go. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter with me because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, I met some uh, young woman. Uh, she was in town with a presidential candidate, a libertarian candidate. And uh, I walked in to the room. And and I kind of just, everybody's being very awkward. And this is off, especially at libertarian political get-togethers. Everybody's kind of leaning on the wall, looking at their feet, shuffling their feet, looking at their phone. Nobody's talking. So I'd just walk in, because the person who invited me, was I knew her, and it was her office. I walk in and go, hello, everybody. And this one girl who I'd been writing for, she was a co-editor, just looks up at me and goes, and who are you? Like, who are you thinking you're such a big shot? I'm Joey. She gets up and goes, ah, Joey. <laughs> she hugs me. And then I could see, though, when she stepped back, she looked at me. And there was this mm-hmm. confusion on her face. I'm like, there it is. Mm-hmm. There's the disappointment. <laughs> That's what I'm going for. So, like, build people up. Somehow, this happened in 2014. It's such an accolade. I was put on the list the 20 hottest libertarian men. Hmm. I was impressed because I was like, number one, how did I pull that off? <laughs> So I'm looking at some of the other guys going, that that dude's like a bodybuilder. That dude's like some... Look at me! The sad face. And it says, not not just known in the movement about Joey Clark. I'm like, good, I like it that way. If he actually knew me, I wouldn't be on this damn list. (laughs) But it's like, how did... Oh, I know how I pulled that off. A carefully angled picture on the book of faces. And I write. That's my weak spot. If a woman compliments me on my writing, I immediately am like, oh, God, thank you. <laughs> and I know it's wrong. It's, it can be professional and like, I love your writing style and that's cool. And I correct myself. I'm just saying my knee jerk impulse is like, oh, somebody likes me. That's how I feel. Validation. About comedy, man. You tell me I'm funny. Oh. I'm like, yeah, you got to be kidding. But then when I'm up there and I hear somebody laugh and yeah. I look and I'm like, they're really laughing they're with me. Laughing. <laughs> no, the whole thing you did about the uh, columns. Oh, yeah. I was laughing my ass off. And it's crazy because that just popped into my head. Because I, 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 um, I don't go out and drink, so I spend a lot of time by myself. I work uh, most of the time alone and I travel a lot. Uh, this week, I uh, Monday went to Crestview, Tuesday went to Columbus, today I was in Enterprise, so it's a lot of window time, and I, I listened to you, and uh, uh, it just hit me, and I was just like, wow, columns, you know, sure do look like stripper poles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to raise a daughter here, I don't know what I'm teaching her, like, I don't want to be too clingy or not too aloof. <laughs> either one could lead to that place, you just never know. Yeah, I, I um... I used to make jokes about uh, all me going out and drinking and doing stupid things, but now I can't do that anymore. Now I have to. Uh, you could you could talk about old, especially now that you're, you're reformed. Be like, I used to do this, so it's not as damning. Yeah, well, I already did that, and now mm. I I don't. I, I try not to recycle, so I try just to do new stuff, and I. Uh, at least once a week, I do something stupid that I can write down. Yeah, and. 
about once a month, those stupid acts turned into something that I can have a, a punchline for. And, uh, yeah, that's how that turned out. Because originally, what you heard Saturday was um, the the beginning of the joke was the end of it. Okay. Yeah, so I took the end of it a month ago, put it in the beginning, put those two little shorties, and then put the column thing at the end, and that was my callback. And the Woody doll was a nice doll. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom just happened to give that to uh, <laughs> uh, to me for my daughter, and I uh, I had to use it. Yeah, it's been too easy making fun of Roy Moore. Yeah. Though you look at Doug Jones, too, and I'm like, that's a that's a target-rich uh, environment, too. Yeah, it's easy to make fun of Roy Moore, but it is so easy to make fun of the other guy too that's just like oh, I don't yeah. think I'm going you know well and it's, to be honest it's easy to just make fun of Alabama at this point it, it really is yeah <laughs> and, and you know I know the folks I know the folks who call in I've met folks who get togethers I was born and raised here and you know, this isn't God, I hate that like it's become this show it's what Alabama's being known for nationally now it's terrible because it's terrible. so far away from the truth yeah, and, like, politicians do not represent us. No. This is why I took a vow to abstain from any federal election. Voting. Abstain from voting. And I, I'm happy with myself. I take the vow very seriously. I, I don't blame you. I, I didn't until I started listen, listening to this. And then I was like, well, I feel like I'm, I can make an educated yeah. uh, choice. And I did. And now I don't feel like I can anymore. <laughs> so I was able to do it once. I got a bunch of those I voted stickers, and I'm done. Good. Let the cynicism flow through you. <laughs> That's what I'm doing, folks. Just making everybody so cynical about politics. We just give up, and then we see what happens. That sounds like a bold plan. And it's not my fault. Yeah. No, no, it's not my fault. I'm just in your speakers every day. And it's not like I influenced anything. But that's what it hit me. It's like I can sit here, and I, I don't take politics that seriously anymore, but I could sit here and take it incredibly seriously, write essays on the topic, you know, research whether it's domestic policy or geopolitics, and share my opinion on air every day. I could work in a campaign, help try to get some fundraising dollars here or there, or work a phone bank, or go canvas for somebody. You can do all these things, but at the end of the day, when you go to vote, that bubble you fill in, that little vote, is worth just as much as the person goes, well, I think he's cute. <laughs> like that Doug Jones. He just, he reminds me of my father. And I'm, I, <clears throat> I think he's cute. <laughs> and you, I, I mean, it, it's like, you don't have to be informed at all. And your vote counts just as much. And it's amazing how many people aren't and do. So I would rather talk about it. And if somebody wants to have a serious conversation, fine. But uh, I think I'm doing more speaking about things. I think the freedom of speech is much more important than the uh, the right to vote. You must be right because it worked for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did it. You voted? Yeah, after I, I mean, I didn't until I started listening. I've been listening for a year and a half. Okay. So I think I voted twice. Yeah, we'll see. And, and I don't... I, I, it's just the politics is too pervasive in the culture. Like, there's this old saying of uh, politics is downstream from culture. That if you change the culture, eventually the politics will change. I also think... And I think that's generally true. The, the left culture, I think, has been incredibly successful over the last... 
several years. Um, and I think the Trump election was about culture and sort of a backlash against uh, political correctness, among other things. But I also worry that the stream of culture can be polluted by politics. That when you're creating culture and all you want to, like, if you're doing your comedy routines because you want to make a political difference, like, no, Mm-mm. you're going to ruin comedy. <laughs> well, Seth, we're all a time, man. I'll have oh. a time. Man, thank you. But do you hear that? Hootie, who? I think I have a little bit of a man crush on you at this point. Oh, I think that's inappropriate. We, we're going to walk out of here holding hands? I think so. We already kind of look the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two Jesus-like figures. Yes. Walking on the street. Is that a baby? <laughs> yes, me and you and Rose. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell Roy. We all have the same hoodie. <laughs> well, Seth, thank you so much for joining me, man. Thank you very much, man. I'll do it anytime. And, folks, thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow night. Joey Park.